0: You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening and let's get to it. Good morning, everybody. We are coming out of Thanksgiving break, getting back into the working game. And uh, I'm excited about my next guest, Vanessa Zami. She's known as the business defibrillator, she is helping people. I guess deal with being an entrepreneur, all of the uh, stresses and work and late nights, sleepless nights people deal with as an entrepreneur. Vanessa's sort of the, uh, the, the one who's the, the therapist in a way to help people cope with being a business owner and all the things you have to do and all the things you're responsible for. Um, So, uh, Vanessa, happy belated Thanksgiving, and thank you for, for coming on the show.
1: Happy to be here, Ryan. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so, you know, before we get into what you do and how you help people, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this role.
1: Uh, yeah. So how I essentially got into consulting small businesses. Well, so I've always been a problem solver and strategist. So before I started my own small business consulting company, I actually worked in a corporate strategy consulting. So I was helping Fortune 500 companies around the US and some international trips as well too, but helping them to make their millions and billions, right? Through strategy and mm-hmm. in various different strategy, many different industries, including uh, retail, nuclear manufacturing, med tech, financial services, helping uh, you know companies, our clients at the time, go from you know thinking about new products to go to launch, thinking about ways to be more cost efficient with their marketing, thinking about ways to uh, bring things to market and go to market with different items, right? And even supply chain things as well too. So many different experiences, working in strategy, helping the big companies. And while I was in those roles though, thinking about how can we bring this knowledge to small businesses, right? And the community businesses that are out there in the small towns or in the small villages where, what I like to say about my clients is that yes, they may be small and local in footprint, right? They have that one office in that main center town, but ultimately in that main street, you know, but ultimately they are big in vision. And so helping my clients to really they've been around a lot of my clients are they've been around for at least 10 years in their business. And they're they're thinking about really what does retirement look like? What does true time and financial freedom actually look like as they want to spend more time with their grandkids and even spend more time with their spouses and actually, you know, have a life outside of their store or their restaurant. And so that was my journey to where I am today now. And I just love helping these ambitious business owners really grow their business without burnout by you know enjoying their life and having a life outside of their business.
0: And I think that's interesting what you said that you know people start a business but I don't think especially if you're younger you don't think about your exit plan. You don't think well what do I want to do or do I want to sell this business or how do I want to create a business that will sustain me as I get into retirement age and I want to have more free time with my family or my spouse. Do you think people don't really think about that? I mean, it seems like it's something that sometimes for people, it's so far off, but it comes quick. So do you think that's a common question people really miss?
1: I say it is. It's not necessarily a question they miss, but it's the answer to that question is what they forget. Yeah. And so a lot of people, you know, they start their business, you know, with the intention of being free. And they continue, or whether it be, you know, they start building a real estate portfolio, for example, or whatever whatever it may be, they start yeah. their brick and mortar store. They, you know, turn their passion into a hobby. They say, I'm not gonna work for anyone anymore because I want to, you know, make my own decisions, all this other stuff. And so they start their business knowing what it is that they want, knowing that they want retirement freely, knowing that they want to, you know, be wealthy and be able to pass something down to the next generation. But what right. happens is that through that journey of entrepreneurship, through that journey of business ownership, They get lost in the hustle and bustle of, oh, let me do 24 hours. Let me work, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week in my store, you know, I got to get this inventory, all this stuff. And so they end up, in a sense, creating another job for themselves. Right. And through yeah, they end up creating a job for themselves through all that stress. And then, you know, a year goes by, five years goes by, 10 years go by, and they forget that answer to that question of what they ultimately wanted and what they ultimately started their business to do in the life of that they actually in the beginning even wanted to create, so not so much that they don't think about it, but that they just forget the answer.
0: Right, right. I mean, one of the things you talk about, which I think ties into this, is you know, as an entrepreneur, sometimes you're wearing a lot of hats. You're 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 your marketing team, you're your sales team, your operations, you're the president, you're the CEO, you're doing everything, um, and it can be overwhelming. So one of the things you talk about a lot in your speaking is is how to balance all of that. And what are some ways you can recommend to avoid that burnout and feel like your head's not spinning every day?
1: There are many ways. (laughs) I'll touch on a few of them. So yeah, I have a whole 13-step hustle and breathe framework. And with my clients, we work a lot on just many different areas. When I work with my clients, I'm looking into all different areas of their business, including the marketing, the sales, the leadership or the lack thereof, the finances and all that and and everything in between. And so depending on what's happening with them, there are many different suggestions that I can make. I would say common threads though, because a lot of what I do also with my clients is helping them to grow that business and also enjoy their life. So I do, I take a more, how do I say, I take a holistic approach to helping my clients. So it's looking at both their business and their life and how they can really be in synergy for my client to be, just enjoy life, right? Have fun, grow money and share is my mantra. (laughs) So ultimately, you know, some key things here for anyone who's listening who might be in a space where perhaps maybe you're approaching burnout or you're essentially like, how do I in advance try to avoid it? The first thing is thinking about strategic efficiency. So strategic efficiency being how do you ensure that you have a strategy and a plan and a set of action items that you are clear on and that you're confident in? So it's not just, you know, doing what everyone else is telling you to do or following the latest trend or fashion when it comes to marketing or inventory or whatever it may be, but it's how do you stay true to being intentional about your strategy, but also staying true to yourself, right? And having Mm -hmm. that instinct and trusting that instinct to make the right decisions in your business. That's number one. -hmm. That's when it comes to the business side. When it comes to the life side, the key idea here is for you who's listening, right? Maybe you're in the space where you are thinking about, you know, maybe I should just quit my business. You know, it's been 15 years; I had a good run. Time to say goodbye. Well, it's not time to say goodbye, right? It's thinking about how do you now be selfish, and how do you make that take that permission for yourself to be selfish. And I know you're probably listening to this, and you're saying to yourself, "Oh my God, selfish is such a terrible word. Oh, that sounds disgusting. Self trying to be selfish." Yeah. And I think of it in a different way. It's not necessarily about, you know, it's not necessarily negative connotation that selfish has. really what selfish is about is that you are in a space where if you don't take care of yourself, you won't be around and take care of your business or your team or your family, right, or your customers or your clients, like you just, you need to take care of yourself. <laughs> Otherwise, right. if you don't show up, no one else is going to. And so you have to be in a place where you take care of yourself. And what does taking care of yourself means? It means many different things. It's not just, you know, going to a massage or, you know, escaping to a mountain somewhere, right? Some, that might be the case for you. But taking care of yourself is something that can happen on a daily, regular basis, where it's really looking at what do you need to ensure that you are feeling good about yourself on a regular basis and understanding what do you need to say no to and what do you need to say yes to? Mm-hmm. Because the thing about it is that you need to value your time and your energy because at the end of the day, you only have twenty four hours in a day. We all had the same twenty four hours in a day, right. and you have the vision that can happen with your business in terms of you want to perhaps like one of my clients where she, we worked together. You know, for well, we didn't work, well, we we're for six months, but essentially after the first two months, she booked a flight to Portugal. She had wanted to go to Portugal for a while. She has had her bar in California for twelve years, and mm-hmm. she wanted to go to Portugal for a while. She knew that was her a place. Where she also wanted to expand the business internationally as well too and because they have a lot of great wine that wine out there in portugal and mm-hmm. so but the question was okay how can she do that and still have this bar in california like what right and yeah. so the work that we did together was a lot around like leadership and financial management and so getting her to the space where she had that team in place that she was confident in that would take care of the bar while she then spent three months in portugal
0: Three months. Not like wow. three days,
1: not yes. a week, like three months in Portugal and in a whole other country, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to do that while still having the wine bar open, while still making business, still having, you know, customers saying, you know, coming back for more, so to speak, because she had that team in place and she had the leadership ability because we worked through that as well, too, in terms of how can she support her team as well, even from afar, to be able to set them up for success and then set the business up for success. And so now she returned to California where after three months, she's went to you know expand the business, made some business contacts in Portugal as well, so they're going to expand their business to Portugal next year as well. but ultimately, it's now she can return to California and now she's working on another business, her other business as well too, because mm-hmm. a lot of my clients they have multiple things going on. they have a vision for how they can help their community. so she right. also has a, a vineyard as well too, and an airbnb business and real estate and all of this stuff. But now she's able to devote attention to that because now she has a solid team in place for this long standing business and she's able to you know, navigate the different things that she wants to do most effectively while still taking care of herself and still sleeping as well too. And so there are just things like that where, and every client is different, you know, like not every client wants to go to Portugal, right? Uh, one right. of my clients, she just wants to go to rock concerts with her husband. <laughs> and so yeah. that's her thing. And so helping her to, and also spend time with her recently born granddaughter as well too. And so what freedom looks like is different for each person But ultimately, it's around how do we get the business in a place where they are strategically efficient and making the best decisions? And then how do they get themselves in a place where they are being selfish and saying no to what they need to say no to so they can say yes to what they need to say yes to so that they can continue living on for generations to come?
0: That is really interesting because I think most business owners think uh, I can't do anything because I have to run this business. I can't travel. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't can't have a hobby because I, I have to run this business. And I think it's interesting that you're able to work with them to make that happen. Cause it seems impossible, honestly. So that's great. Um, another yeah, question I want to ask you too is, you
1: know, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Uh, it, and I think this pertains to a lot of people, even including myself, like getting from, if you're at one phase in your business, one um, level of, well, I mean, I guess, whether it's financial or just in terms of how you define your success in business, what do you think holds people back from being at one level getting to the next level? Like, you know, if, if you're making this much now in your business, but you want to get, you want to double that income or triple it or, you know, get over to the the five, 10 million or whatever the number is, as big as it has to be or as big as you want it to be, what do you think are the walls people put up to making that happen?
1: And uh, so that's a really good question because I know you mentioned 5 million 10 million but it's the same same walls are put up even when people are going from 150,000 to half a million, right? Yeah. Or half a million to a million. And yeah. it's one of those things where the walls really it comes into to mindset, right? We we say in business when it comes to business consulting or business coaching, i consider myself more of a consultant because yeah. I provide recommendations to my clients, but I know my peers are more so business coaches. But essentially no matter who you're talking to we all say, you know, business is 80% mindset and 20% strategy. So it's really only 20% strategy and it's 80% mindset yeah. because the walls really come down to what's ha- what are people telling themselves? And so when you get to that point where you are in that flow of you are getting cash, maybe you're not getting it as frequently or as much as you want, but you are getting cash and income into the business where you are, you know, able to at least pay the bills at the very least what the barrier that ends up happening is a fear of success sometimes a lot, right? So a lot of times it's a fear of success. So Those two things actually, one is a fear of success and two is imposter syndrome. So the yeah. first thing, the fear of success that ends up happening is that people will, you know, it's sort of the, okay, you know, they, they were at a point, then they end up reaching like a greater point, right? Maybe they were at like 50,000 a year. Now they're at $150,000 per year and they're like, oh my gosh, but since I made that transition, look at all this stuff that's happening now. So in their yeah. mind, is chaotic. And they're like, oh, but if I end up making more money, it's going to be even more chaotic. And like, I don't want that. And so it's yeah. kind of this like barrier of self-sabotage that happens. Right. Because they stop doing what it is to help them to grow for the fear of the growth and what the growth is going to mean.
0: Right. So that's
1: the first thing is fear of success. And then the second thing is imposter syndrome. So the imposter syndrome being the, it's sort of the idea that like, because a lot of business owners, like, you know, you're ambitious in the beginning and you want like, oh, my gosh, like it's great. Right. And then five, 10, 15 years down the line, your business gets to a place where people are giving you compliments. They're like raving about it. Maybe you end up in the, the local news for an award or something like that. And you're like, OK, cool. But then what happens is that there's a part of you that's like, this is not me. This is not happening to me. This is Yeah, not, this is this happened to someone else. Right. Like right. there's sort of this disbelief. That either you don't deserve it or you're not worthy of it or, you know, that And sometimes it happens because there was some other voice in your life that told you that and it went into your voice and your mind as well, too. Other times it's it's your mind. Either way, it's still your mind as a business owner telling you that it shouldn't be happening to you, like you were not in the right place. I see it a lot with my clients, like those recent clients connecting with where he had, you know, within the, the first two years of his business, Right, he had been he had gotten to a place where his business was making a quarter of a million dollars, and he still was calling himself a sales representative of his business.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Like I literally, I was like I went to his LinkedIn and I said, "Wait a second, you started this business, right? Now why say you're a sales rep? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. you're the founder of this business, you know?" And so, but it was a level of imposter syndrome where he felt like, "Oh, yeah, but I mean, oh, I don't want to, you know, tell people that or." Oh, if I tell people, I mean, am I really a founder? You know, uh, and mind you, he's thinking about selling the business in a couple of years. I was like, if you're thinking about selling the business in a c- couple of years, you need to position yourself as the founder of the business because you are the founder of the business, right? And right. so it's one of those things where, but that imposter syndrome it has a funny way of creeping up, has a funny way of creeping up. And so the two main things though, is fear of success and imposter syndrome that really put up those walls and those barriers that prevent people from moving forward.
0: So it really comes down to just, I think, listening to the voice in your own head every day and saying telling it to shut up I guess once in a while right and really trying to reframe it in other words would you say
1: yes reframing it yes and then for people you know for different people the reframe is going to be based on different things depending on what experiences in your life or have contributed to that voice so to speak and so but yeah but essentially it's like listening to the voice in your head igno- like don't tell this shut up you know you don't want to tell yourself to shut up but right. it's just acknowledging that is there to help protect you and just yeah. say no thank you i appreciate that and just say the opposite you know and just saying the like for example because like, sometimes it's a deeper thing that's the issue so sometimes with my clients when we get to that point where there's all, there's all the time in the, in the in the sessions where they cry uh which is a great it's a beautiful moment it means that you know we have broken through right. <laughs> one of those barriers right right but ultimately it is you know there's a point in time where sometimes it takes like some of them like we can work through it in a session and depending on you know what's happening other times it's a much bigger issue and so what i do is i'll send my clients as well as a like kind of like a, a tag team situation Well, I'll recommend them to one of my trusted, you know, life coaching people that I know and will say, okay, we've reached a point in our business journey where, yes, I'm going to continue working with them, but they also at the same time have to kind of go through this life coaching experience and in a way so that they can tackle those, those bigger issues. Because for me, I'm very much so a person where I don't like wasting my time. I don't like wasting other people's time. So if I'm going to give my clients recommendations that I know is going to help them, I expect them to do it. Right. And so and if they don't, or if they're if they're putting up these barriers to doing it, if they're sabotaging themselves, then that poses an issue to the work that we're doing. It poses an issue to the results that, you know, they can expect to get. And so because of that, it's one of those things where I'll bring in the people that need to be brought in, you know? And (laughs) working with, you know, my close partners to be like, okay. Here's someone we need to do a joint collaboration and we'll just connect with each other and really be that supportive team for my client to help them to elevate their mind in a way that helps them to really think of the world in a different way and think of themselves in different ways in terms of what they can accomplish as well, too.
0: Right. Well, before we wrap it up, I got a couple of questions I want to ask you. Um, One of the things is how, how much does would you say empathy plays a role in leadership, just working with employees and clients? how big of how, how important it is to work on your empathetic side
1: yeah well, i mean when i think about empathy i think about emotional intelligence and so when you ask the question of how important is empathy it's very yeah. important yeah very important yeah i mean it's one of those things where i think well i think i think it's part of the reason why a lot of my clients you know they'll they'll say in the reviews like i have a lot of recommendations on linkedin where clients are reviewing me and even as a speaker, I'm also a speaker as well, too. So I also consult and I also speak and will, you know, do different teachings on my frameworks and approach because yeah. I'm all about helping to ensure that, you know, people are getting the message across and getting the message on how they can be more efficient, and effective in their lives so that they can be more productive and happier for themselves and also for the people around them. And so even as a speaker, right, people will say, oh, my God, Vanessa was so relatable. Like, oh, my goodness, like, it's so great. Right, us yeah. the business story, you call us the business stories podcast, Ryan. Well, let me <laughs> tell you. Oh, when I do a workshop, there are a whole lot of stories. Uh, yeah. So, but ultimately, yeah, so, but ultimately it is, empathy is very important, right? It is very important to think about something. It's one of those things where I mean, I remember when I was younger, I was not, people, oh, people always said I was selfish, Ryan, let me tell you, the amount of times I was so selfish, uh, but in my mind, the way that I operate is that, no, I think about what people are going to think, and sometimes I just don't care, I still, yeah. still do it, and so yes, yeah, maybe that makes me selfish, but alas, right, it is, sometimes what's needed is that you need to be able to say no, you need to be able to say yes, so that you can say yes to yourself, and say yes to your future, and say yes to your vision, and say yes to the people that you want to help, and that you can help, and when it comes down to it, though, empathy with my, with anyone who's a service provider who's listening, or with anyone who maybe you're not a service, but maybe you're a product. I mean, you have products, right? You are a clothing boutique store, you're a furniture business, you are a restaurant, right? Your product is food, but whatever it may be, is thinking about having that empathy to think about the customer, right? Thinking about what is that, what does your customer or client want? What are they experiencing? What is happening in their world? And right. how can you? help to, how can you relate to that and be there for them through whatever product or service that you're providing? Right. Right. How can you be there for them?
0: And really understanding their, their particular problems and issues, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's with their business, if you're B2B or if it's personal, if it's B2C, then you need to put yourself in their shoes for a minute and think about how they feel. I mean, it's interesting. I, I went out to lunch the other day and the waiter had messed up our order. Um, I mean, I don't know if it was him that messed it up or someone did anyway. It took a while, right? But but the waiter came up and said, Hey, can I get you some free soup? Can I get you a free drink? Can I get you anything? And I just thought to myself, in a business level, if he was running his business a business, that's great. I mean, your problems are going to come, but it's about how you handle them and how you make the customer feel like they are there and you you understand that maybe they're not happy they haven't gotten their food yet so you're you're trying you understand that you, you feel for them right and i think that's what the waiter did and i thought that was that was great because he didn't have to do that but he did so i thought that was a good example of empathy you know
1: i love that example actually you reminded me of something else where another restaurant situation where i and my friends, so i went out to you know california to visit and this was during the pandemic. And so the, the world was just kind of opening back up a little bit in Northern California. So right. we went out to eat. It was just the two of us eating out for dinner. And, you know, we waited. First of all, we waited. It was a, one of those like wait times because you don't have a reservation. So you got to wait, right? So we waited yeah. and waited for like an hour. And then finally we were seated. So we were seated down and we waited for another 45 minutes to another hour. Because wow. I guess whoever sat us down did not tell people that we were seated here <laughs> and needing right. help. So we just sat there like, okay, is anyone going to get some water or a menu? Did they forget us? And it wasn't until we saw other people getting, you know, other tables. We were like, hmm, maybe just forgot about us. What happened? But ultimately, eventually, you know, someone came by and, you know, they eventually treated us. Like literally they had... They had a server come they had like different different people on the staff just came up to the table was like oh my god we're so sorry we forgot about you like, Yeah, you know da, 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 what can we do you know um they ended up yeah it was, it was a great it was a great experience but it was very much like the way that we handled it you know they ended up saying anytime you come back this dinner's on us feel free yeah. um uh, and so because yeah. they, you know, they just had that, empathy. they were just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, and of course, but I think it's also the, the other side of it, whereas us as patrons and as customers who were experiencing this, we also approached it from a very empathetic perspective as well, too, in terms of, you know what, they're really busy, they're short on staff, you know, and so yeah. there was a level of like, yes, we were selfish enough to eventually raise our hand and say, hey, hey you know, let's get some food, you know. But at the same time, we we're empathetic to say, you know, we're not going to sit here and like, you know, scream, be like, oh my God, he forgot about us. Oh, oh you know? right. It
0: was right. very
1: much like, you know, just keep calm. We're going to get our food eventually. We're not in a rush, we're just living our life, you know? And yeah. so empathy works both ways at the end of the day. And it could just help both parties <laughs> be in a better position for it.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's amazing. And it's amazing what little things you can do as a business owner, just to know that, you know, if, if you admit to making a mistake, It shows that you're human because we all do um and it doesn't matter whether you're running a fortune 500 company or small business just admitting you made a mistake and doing something little to make that person feel like you care it, it carries a lot of weight and like with with the lunch i had the other day i'll still go back to that place even though that happened i'm not upset with the staff or the owner or whatever um i'll still go back just because of the way that waiter handled a difficult situation so you know that's just i agree with you 100 empathy is both ways so we do have to wrap it up vanessa but this has been a good conversation i i know you have a lot going on you do some speaking gigs and you also have a podcast so can you tell people where to listen to your podcast and uh what you have going on
1: yes i do have a lot going on <laughs> i say <you>, i'm not <laughs> sure when this episode will be released but essentially if you are able to join me december 20th I do have a goal setting to goal getting workshop it seems to be really popular so maybe i'll host it again at the beginning of the year but ultimately um at the end of this year 2022 i do have a goal setting to goal getting workshop to help people strategically plan for 2023 uh, i was pretty much a, like a almost two-hour master class and so you're welcome to check that out the link is at the top of my linkedin page and otherwise though the best way to reach me is via linkedin vanessa zami and you can catch my live show on tuesdays at 9 p.m eastern entrepreneurship is a marathon if you search a youtube channel for vanessa zami or at zami vanessa z is in zebra a animal and money Y, you will find me so vanessa zami you'll find me if you find if you just google me uh, you'll find me vanessa zami youtube entrepreneurship is a marathon we go live every tuesday 9 p.m eastern and then you can also catch my podcast as well is a marathon on all major podcast platforms as well too and so if you want to catch me live though somewhere you know by all means just look me up vanessazami.com uh we have various I have the upcoming events as well listed there as well so you can go to vanessazami.com click the for small business owners tab and then you'll see upcoming events in the contact us section as well too
0: Awesome, Vanessa. Well, thank you so much. If you're listening to this and you need help, you're stressing out about your business or you're not stressing, you just want to improve and maybe you know make more money and just get some better ideas. You have to reach out to Vanessa. She's excellent. She's very knowledgeable. She's got the experience. It's been a good conversation, Vanessa. Have a great holiday season and a successful 2023. And let's keep in touch, okay? Yes, it's a
1: pleasure being here. Have a lovely, lovely end of the year.
0: Chat soon. Did you enjoy this episode? I hope so. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Ryan Says Thanks. Your support is appreciated. And hey, even if you don't buy me a coffee, I'm happy to have you listening. So keep it up. And thanks again.